May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It has been a long journey, and the night is so dark. Two travelers and a donkey are on the road to Bethlehem. The rest of their caravan made it to town hours before, but these two are traveling slowly. They're transporting precious cargo a holy burden that requires extra care, extra time, extra snacks and extra bathroom breaks for one of them, and extra time to rest. The silence is broken by a gasp and then a groan. Good God Almighty, are we there yet? Get me down from this donkey. I need to walk. My back is freaking killing me. Joseph stops, silently reaches up to help the young woman down from the donkey. As they hobble along, he puts his arm behind her for support. Joseph can just make out the lights of Bethlehem in the distance. He hopes they'll make it. His young bride has been contracting for the last 10 miles. This was not the honeymoon Joseph envisioned when he first engaged with the girl's father to take her as his bride. She's a meek little thing, her father said, mild won't give you a moment's trouble. <laughs> Lowly, knows her place, and she's pure. Joseph has had good reason to question all those claims over the past few months. First, his betrothed popped up pregnant. There was a wild story about an angel and being overshadowed by the spirit. The whole thing was ludicrous. And the girl seemed so convinced of the truth of it that he was as concerned about her mental state as he was about either of their reputations. Clearly, he couldn't go through with the marriage. But... He didn't want her to come to any harm either, even if it was legally within his right to have her punished and punished severely. So he resolves to break things off quietly, maybe even give her family a little money to help her get out of town for a while. Everyone knew her cousin Elizabeth down in the hill country wanted a child badly and couldn't have one of her own. Maybe Mary could go stay with her for a bit. Nine months later, she could come back home. 
Elizabeth would have her baby and Mary could live the rest of her life safely under her parents' roof. But then he had the dream. An angel came to him and told him that all the girl said was true. The child she was carrying was the Savior that Joseph and his people had been looking for, longing for, for many, many years. And now, Joseph had a role to play in all this. His job was to marry this girl, to adopt the child she was carrying as his own son, to give the baby a name, Jesus. He was to make sure that this baby and his mother had a roof over their heads, food to eat. He was to protect them from harm. He was even supposed to teach the boy his trade, carpentry. After all, the Messiah would need to learn to earn his keep just like any other young man. And of course, he was supposed to make sure that this little boy was raised up in the faith. Raised up to have a clear understanding of who his father was. This last part pained Joseph, who had always imagined his firstborn son would be, well, his. Could he love this child as if he were his own, knowing all the while that he belonged to a father whose purposes Joseph couldn't begin to fathom? Despite his misgivings, his fears about his own shortcomings, and his disappointment that God hadn't provided him with the life he had hoped and prayed for when he first got engaged, Joseph went through with the marriage. He welcomed Mary into his home, and he began preparing the way for this new life that was coming into the world. He built a room onto the house for a nursery. And he began building a crib for the son his wife would soon be giving birth to. Often while Joseph worked, Mary would sing about this child she was carrying, turning the world upside down. This unborn child had certainly turned his world upside down. He didn't dare imagine what his life would become once the boy was actually born. It worried him when Mary continued her song and said things about the poor being filled while the rich were sent away empty, about kings and governments being overthrown. At such times, he would suggest that his meek and mild wife sing a bit more quietly lest the neighbors overhear. hear. 
The travelers continue down the road toward Bethlehem. And again, a voice cries, Oh, for Pete's sake, put me back on the donkey, Joseph. My feet hurt. Without a word, Joseph stops and gently maneuvers Mary onto the donkey. As you can imagine, it's not an easy task. Not for him. Once she's settled, she groans. Are we there yet? It has been a long journey. And the night is so dark. Joseph is so tired. Nothing has turned out the way it was supposed to. Not for him. And not, he has to admit, for the girl riding beside him on that donkey. Joseph says a silent prayer. Please, God, let us make it. But who knows what making it will look like? What's on the other side of this journey he never asked for? The lights of Bethlehem that seemed so far away just a moment ago suddenly seem far, far too close. How does one go about bringing God's light into the world? How could he possibly be up to this task? He isn't ready. He doesn't understand what God is asking him to do, so he does the only thing he can do. He reaches up, gently rubs Mary's back. We're not there yet, he says, but we'll make it.